Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>superpod hero cast guys with beers talking about movies with capes episode 107 i'm casey ryan it's 106 what's that uh, okay is it no wait a minute hang on expedition future past was four oh, was three episode 106 i'm casey ryan <laughs> and i'm todd panic and we suffered through the abysmal teenage mutant ninja turtles three Oh boy. With a tagline, yes. N- not Turtles in Time. Not Turtles in Time. That was the video game. Although, to be fair, it was on the marketing posters. But it sure the movie was. Is and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. And there are some DVD copies of this movie that say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 Turtles in Time. So it's oh, like sure. a weird semi Mandela effect. It's really interesting. Uh, when we recorded our last episode of She-Hulk, we got it. We got talking about this, uh, and Caleb's like, "I fucking remember it being that." I'm like, "Yes, it, it wasn't, yep. brother. I promise you." <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Just like if you saw uh, episode four of Star Wars in 1977, it said Star Wars. Star Wars. Yep. Yep. And then just went into the crawl. It didn't say episode four, A New Hope. Exactly. But unfortunately, we're not here to talk about Star Wars. No, we're no. We're talking about a movie. We're talking about a movie that frustrates me to no end. Todd, do you realize this is the end of a series for us? Oh, yeah. Thank, thank God. Thank God. Now you see why I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so much.
Because of the three of them, which one? If you were, sure. if you had oh, to sure, watch sure. one of them, the first one clearly, yeah. clearly, first one's first one's yeah, good compared to these. He, well, and, you know, here, uh, here's what I'm going to tell you a, though. Ironically, yeah. this is in Aubrey. Aubrey was so bored coming home from work. Kids didn't want to hang out with her because they're cool teenagers. And I'm mm-hmm. like, honey, I got to watch this movie. Uh, it's been a busy week. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, like, Aubrey. I about, she, no, no. She's like, I'll watch it with you. I was like, no, no, no. I don't think you understand. I'm watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 from 1993. She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll watch it with you. I go, no, no, no. Once again, I don't. So she watched <laughs> it. Uh, and here's the, it's not a bad movie if you're eight years old. And there's some specific. Specific things I'm going to point to where they did a really good job of making a movie that was okay for that age range. Here's the problem. Here's Casey, the other, we're not eight years we're old. Not, eight, <laughs> not by a long shot. Not I long wasn't shot. even eight years old when this came out. Um, yeah. Here's the other thing. When we get into the plot description, when we first go to feudal Japan, mm-hmm. the first two times we go, yeah, I was like, holy shit, there's a good movie here. Like... Before, it's almost like when the turtles come in, everyone amps up their silliness and how they're acting. Like, sure. Um, oh shit! What's his name? The bad guy from *Lethal Weapon* three, um, uh, British yes. actor. The the delightful. Uh, I have a note for him later. Hold on. It is Stuart Walker. Stuart Walker is doing a phenomenal job in that first scene. He is perfectly terrifying. But then once the turtles show up, he's like just. Breaking off pieces of the scenery. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, oh boy, Stuart, where, where, where did the where the scary guy go? Listen, um, Casey, the only way out of this is through this. Oh, there's only one way, and that's through. And the only way to go through it is uh, to drink some beer because we are guys with beers talking about movies with capes. So, what are we drinking? We're drinking a beer that comes to us from our good friends at Branching Out Bottle Shop in Township 5 in the greater Syracuse, New York area. Uh, went in there with, you know, I was like, this is a bad movie. And Carissa was working, and to her credit, she came up with a brilliant idea. I'm not going to describe it here, because I'm going to save it for another movie. But Ooh. kudos, Carissa. I appreciate the partnership and how serious she takes the task every time I show up to get a beer for our movie. So uh, we found have one. one more, as of now, one more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie yes. left in the helmet. The animated TMNT, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, we actually found one that, uh, ironically, is a beautiful fit for this movie. So before you say what it is, okay. Not only is the name of the beer the company that makes the beer, the brewery, Works yes. perfectly because, as they say in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, this movie is fucking clown shoes. Yeah, yes, it is. So we are drinking a beer that comes to us from Clown Shoes Beer, which is mm-hmm. um, we've not drank them on the podcast, but I've certainly looked at their beers many times because one, they've got beautiful artwork. This there's yeah, no totally. exception. Uh, and the, the names of their beers are always delightful. So it's just random chance that we haven't drank their beer before. We absolutely are going to drink it at some point in the future because their stuff's so good. So uh, we are drinking their beer. Now, actually, so Clown Shoes, uh, their, their uh, bio says they are a beer called Clown Shoes. What more do you need? 
Founded in 2009, Clown <laughs> Shoes is the result of a joke, some spite, and a deep passion for craft beer. Naturally, they dislike clowns, but find clown shoes hilarious. They remind <laughs> us, or they remind them, of humor in life and to be humble. If you want snooty, highbrow drinks, you can look elsewhere. There are plenty out there, and plenty of uncool folks that treat them and themselves higher than thou. And where are they from? Uh, you know what? That's the one thing I didn't pull. Look all the way at the bottom. Look all the way at the bottom. Brewed by Clown Shoes, Shoes beer, beer, right? In, at the, oh, almost like you got to turn the can upside down. Yeah. Boston, Mass, and Windsor, Vermont. Oh, hey, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chuck. Uh, Our cousin actually, from Boston. <laughs> I feel like, Chuck, feel free to correct me in this. I feel like I've heard you use the term clown shoes. I, that mm-hmm. must be a, boss, a Boston thing. Chuck, tell us, tell us if we're right on that. Boston, Jersey, because Kevin Smith's from Jersey. So. Oh, sure, sure, sure. That's the first time I heard it, and I instantly fell in love with the insult. <laughs> <laughs> Just calling right. someone clown shoes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I have high hopes for this beer. So we are drinking... They're Imperial mm-hmm. Stout aged in bur- bourbon barrels with a Vietnamese coffee. Excited about that. And the name mm-hmm. of this beer is Once Upon a Time in the Far East. I mean, it's perfect. Yes, but it's an Imperial Stout. It's a 10.25. 25, yeah. It's a school night, kids. Yeah, luckily it's a 12-ounce it's a can, so uh, yes. maybe that'll keep us uh, inside the lines here. And we'll nurse this motherfucker. Uh, sure. Right. Listen, you don't. I I don't have the drive. You do. That's right. Yeah, you're back. You're back uh, working from home, my friend. I am. I am. Well, it's. It's got it. I can smell the booze. (laughs) I'm glad you can smell the booze in the beer. Yeah. Okay. Like, all right. Mm, I can smell the coffee in this coffee. (laughs) Well, beer doesn't. I don't think of booze. I mean, like. A liquor type smell. Oh, your beard. Do you your see the magic disappear. trick that's yeah. happening? Look at yeah. that. Let's see Folks, I'm, I have the TMNT um, sewer uh, Airbnb that you can get in New York behind It shows me really well. I, yeah. Yeah. All right, cheers. All right, buddy. cheers, brother. Oh. See, now. <gasps> that's like dangerous. Other times. Oh. It's so good, so smooth. So palatable, unlike the garbage pile we're here to discuss. <laughs> yeah, you know, this beer, this might be the smoothest Imperial Stout that we drank, and we drank a few. Um, I, I will I say this, read that it's it was dangerous. an Imperial Stout, yeah, if I hadn't read that it was an Imperial Stout, I wouldn't have thought it was one. Yeah, that's a beer that's going to sneak is. up on you. Better be careful with that one. Beep, but we, to, listen, we don't want to get another. We get drunk and talk about movies. Uh, <laughs> no, we we could never do yep, that. Still not letting that go, folks. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. So uh, yeah, go check go check out branching out. You will not be disappointed. Whether you need a themed beer or not, you are not going to find a better beer selection in anywhere. I'll uh, I'll 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 put my word against that. So, uh, 100%. yeah, all right. So there's our beer. There's our beer. I have no almost cast because it was mostly the cast coming back. The only interesting thing was Corey Feldman is yeah. back as Donatello. So <laughs> like, the only person oh, who... You guys are still doing these? All right. Sure. <laughs> oh, it's even better than that. They went to him and said... Because he, the only reason he wasn't in two is because he had just been busted for cocaine possession. Oh, And they felt bad, so they had him come back. And he wanted, they offered him $1,500 to record. 
Come on. Which is what he made for the first one. And like, guys, this is it. And he goes, well, it's $1,500. Take it or leave it. And I'm like, so you don't really feel that bad. So, okay. I'm, I had this pulled be- for our budget. This is a 1993 release. If you mm-hmm. translate $1993 to today, it's basically double, double in a couple pennies. So uh, yeah. that $1,500, so he made $3,000 for, wow, that can't, wait, that can't be right. There's no way, that, that can't be right. That is 100% right. The, this was 1993 before voice acting was taken seriously. Oh, my God. Are you, Unless oh you God. were the big leagues. Even the big leagues were... The reason that they showed up in everything is probably because they didn't get paid very well. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty gross, right? Wow, that is stunning. That and the only stunning. two that are in all three are Robbie Rist and mm-hmm. um, oh shoot, voice of Leonardo. He's also Canada in um, uh, Brian Tochi. Yeah, he's also Canada in um, Akira. Yep. 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 Which was very confusing to me as a child. When I watched Akira, I'm like, why does it sound like Leonardo? What the, what okay, the um, so no almost cast. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Turtles because we've, this is what, this is our fifth Turtles movie? This is our fifth Turtles movie. Oh, yeah, and we all, like, like I said, we only got one more. Yeah. And so, the only thing I want to posit here real quick before we move on, mm-hmm. do, 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 do Turtles have beaks? Some do. Uh, they well, I do. guess they all do. Well, I uh, because all of a sudden in this yeah. one they start talking about their beaks and I'm like, you've never you've always just kind of had lips and yep. you have lips they move like lips. Yep. God yep. damn yep. it! This uh, that was the other thing we could talk about real quick. Jim Henson Studios did not make the puppets for this movie, and it yes, fucking shows. Uh, let's put a pin in that because I want to I want to talk about that when we get into the movie. Um, other production things, so no need to talk about characters because we've we've covered mm-hmm. them many times. Um, yeah, you've talked about the the casting. So this movie is written and directed by Stuart Gillard. He is okay. a he is a British filmmaker. Um, he's actually a, a, he's got a few acting credits. Uh, he's also, I'm sorry, not British, Canadian. Um, he's got a few acting oh, credits, okay. but he also has directed stuff and written some stuff. Not a lot that you'd be familiar with, although he does have extensive TV directing credits, like a shit ton of TV directing credits. Uh, well, yeah, this feels like it's uh, a TV movie. Like it, it, the way this is filmed, yeah. shot, everything about it, it feels TV movie. He he also directed a few years after this a movie called Rocket Man. Do you remember Harland Williams? Oh my God, yes, yes. So he directed he directed Rocket <sighs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah, not the Elton John Taron Edgerton. No, that's um, a not not the good Rocket Man. Not the good Rocket Man, the bad one. Mm-hmm. Uh and then finally the last thing we would typically talk about in production would be the money. Um so this movie I'm shocked to say these numbers. This movie had a tw- 21 Now, I already said that the conversion factor 93 to today is about double. So, movie has a 21 million dollar budget, so it's a 42 million dollar boom movie. And now, at the box, the, five of the five, yep. what was it in in Turtles one? We did the math and we figured it out that each turtle costs roughly a million dollars. Oh, in terms between of, be, between um, <clears throat> hero version of them where they can talk and move and do that stuff, yep. fighting version, and then stunt version. Got it. Got it. Got there it. There were three versions of each one, and roughly 
for the three of them, it was a million dollars. So there's five mil, roughly five and a half million dollars. Let's say Splinter was half a million, though. Could, looked like yeah, it was could, about five dollars to make. Because he looks like that. I don't think there's anyone inside that. That's strictly a puppet being operated because he's he basically only appears behind the the. <laughs> The barn door there, right? He looks like he should be singing you happy birthday at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, yes, but not He's, the modern Chuck E. Cheese, the old school original Chuck E. Cheese. It looks kind of janky and scary. The yeah. Chuck E. Cheese we went to as kids. Yes. When I go to Chuck, when I went to Chuck E. Cheese for the Bean's birthday one year, and I walked in I'm like, what? The, what is this? You could see everything. You, you mean the Chuck what? E. Cheese that uh, was the original that was clearly the inspiration for Five Nights at Freddy's? Kids today, they have no clue how frightening those things were. <laughs> and um, oh, is it Willy's Wonderland? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, have Which, you seen that yet? Yeah, we the the boys love Five Nights at Freddy's, so we watched it when it came out, and we laughed our asses off. It's holy crap! It may be the best thing Nicolas Cage movie. has done. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And made only better by the fact that he... Literally says nothing the nothing. entire movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. Uh, so yep. $21 million back then is about 42 now. At the box uh-huh. office th- in 93, it does $54 million. This is a $100 million movie. Which is funny because the studio didn't even want to make this film. There was some sort of contract thing, and they're just like, well, the Turtles have kind of run out of their time. They were going to make a fourth, but for some reason didn't wow. and turned it into the terrible TV show uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation, with the female turtle that had boobs for some reason. That was... <laughs> right. I want to say Mona Lisa? Was uh, the, I think you're right. Named after? I think you're right. Made by the same people who did Power Rangers. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, did I you didn't know? even know about it when it came out, and it I was just flipping channels one day, and it was on again, like in reruns. And I was like, "What? No, <laughs> can, this is my turtle. Stop it!" Can Can you believe that this movie premiered at number one? Mm, I can absolutely. Turtle. This is ninety. This what is this? Ninety three. Ninety three. Yeah. This is like the Turtles are out on tour doing their rock show, which I totally saw. You did not. Oh, 100%. Oh, I did. <laughs> Coming out of their Shells tour? Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Oh, there's I don't not know if you beer. know this, but I'm a giant fucking nerd. There is not enough beer to fucking get me through a con- a, a Turtles rock show. <laughs> it is, it is yeah. on YouTube and get some beer in you and watch it. And, you know, maybe have a jazz gummy, too. And, uh, you know, have a great (laughs) time. (laughs) All right. You know, Casey, uh, other than sharing the IMDb rating, which was a 4.7. No, I thought we were moving that to the end. We're not going to listen to what I said last week? No, I don't think so. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Casey, with that, I think there's nothing left to do but. Roll the film. We're both just so ready to be done. Oh, we're so ready to be done. But uh, speaking of years. Yes. What year is it, Casey? Is it today? (laughs) Oh, thank God. Thank God that never showed. I didn't even know it was 1603. Mm. It's only ever referred to as feudal Japan. No, no, no. Uh, There is a graphic. The very beginning it says 1603. But then it's, yeah, then it's nothing. Then it's just figure it out for yourself, asshole. Exactly. In 1603, in feudal Japan, a young man is being chased by four samurais on horseback. 
Now, the this is a cool shot. This, this is, is a fucking cool shot. Very cool Go shot. Ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's exactly what my note is. So the visual. So we're looking into the iconic like setting red sun, clearly mm-hmm. evocative of Japan's battle flag, right? Um, so we're looking into that, and we see these figures on horseback coming up over a hill. They are mm-hmm. essentially we're seeing them only in silhouette, and the silhouette of their heads. The first thought is this must be the turtles, but it's the right. it's the Japanese helmets, um, and it's a it's a really clever bit. There's some witty stuff happening in here. I hated this movie, but I want to give credit where credit was due. That's a nice setup. There were three times where I was like, "This is a cool moment," yep. and I actually laughed at one moment in this movie. Uh, no, I'll wait till we get to it. But it, I I feel like we both went. <laughs> Okay, And it was simply the line reading. Yes, there's some good lines in this. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, you know what? This movie was more entertaining than the second movie. I didn't hate... Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Um, wow. Okay, okay. And the the silhouette of their heads in the samurai helmet feel like, and this is going to be... There might be a couple of places where I try and find a way to talk about anything other than this movie. I'm sure the geeks know this, but not everyone might. The inspiration for the look of Darth Vader is, is from the Japanese Samurai's Warrior, specifically a Japanese warlord named Date Masamune. He not only had the black helmet, but the face mask, which was styled like an uh, an oni, a Japanese demon. The combination, you look at that and you're like, oh, I see... I see how you could t- translate that to Darth Vader, yeah. So Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the riding over the horseback in the red sun, like you said, is very evocative of Japan's flag, but I also got uh, Apocalypse Now. Vibes. Oh, sure. The helicopters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, which at this point <laughs> is a trope. I mean, Star Wars has done it by this point. Sure, sure. They did it in uh, The Last Jedi, or was it Force Awakens? I- I think we're being incredibly generous to this movie, but but you're 100% correct. Oh, no. I think the director is 100% oh. trying to do that. I feel like there was this struggle. Like, he wanted to make a rather serious Turtles movie. Yeah. And the studio kept being like, oh, this is for children. You need to put some more fart jokes in here. If you view this through the lens of an eight-year-old who loves the cartoons... Perfect. But so this pr- is the second yeah. time you've mentioned an eight-year-old, and I'm going to get to a point in this movie where I write, is this a movie for children? Question mark. Well, yeah. It, uh, interesting. So I watched it on Netflix. and I, Net- I watched it on HBO Max. Net- <laughs> the Netflix warning said swashbuckling violence, which I think is pretty fair. <laughs> um, unlike but the second great. movie, they have their weapons. They use their weapons. They use their weapons. But the only thing, like, um, so Leonardo can block with his swords, but he knocks out his enemies with a punch or a kick. The, or the back of his sword. Or the he, back of his sword. He, Donatello he uses his handle a couple times. can just go to town, but... Um, Raphael just spins his size around yeah, a lot. That's right. That's right. Very impressive. Like that one scene where he's spinning him around with the guard. I'm like, and this is supposed to be intimidating. How? 
<laughs> he's not even like twirling them around. He's just going. He's like at a rave. Somebody who's good with Photoshop. <laughs> Please yes. make that a gift, but instead of it being size, make it glow sticks and put some like flashy lights on him. Uh, Please, someone uh, out there. God, that's you know, do it, and we will we will tweet it, we'll oh. Instagram it, whatever. Yes. Oh, one hundred percent. Yes, this is not just a do it for Casey. And, do it for the podcast. I, I think I feel comfortable saying we'll flex our muscles with our night shift media group daddies to uh, get them to share it as well. So it'll go, it'll go broad. Oh, yeah. So come on, somebody it'll get go, on that. It'll go everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Back to this horrible plot. Yeah. Since only one <laughs> yeah. line in. Uh, as they go into the woods, a mysterious woman emerges from the underbrush and watches closely. Do you know who this woman is? Yes. Aubrey thought it was a woman that it was not. And I was going through her IMDb and I said, she was in the Joy Luck Club. And Aubrey goes, every Asian actress was in the Joy Luck Club. I was like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> Her known for? Did you see what one of her known for was? Two, three years later. Uh, I looked her up in IMDb. Nothing jumped out at Hold me. Hold on, I will. I will. Uh, Vivian Wu is yep. her name. She is a Chinese, she's in, not a Japanese a, actress, but Chinese. Yeah, that that's been going on for yeah. years. That actually happened in Star Trek. George Takei is Japanese, and um, John Cho is, I believe, Korean. I believe that's anyway, he's not Japanese and went to George K and was like, uh, is this cool, man? He goes, I've always thought of the character as Asian. So you go right ahead. That is a that so you are right. That is a good Korean. And that's a pretty good George Takei, by the way. I, Thank you. It, it all comes from that sender that was against uh transgender people back in like the mid two thousands. And he did a PSA for it. Mr. McCann's, you are a douchebag. That's right. A douchebag. <laughs> I love George Takei. Sorry, please. Oh, continue. You can't not. You can't not yeah. love George Takei. She's in a little movie called Pillow Talk. I see that. I It doesn't jump out at me. What is you that? You don't remember this? No. There was a big brouhaha about this movie because she spends most of the movie <gasps> naked while Ewan McGregor writes on her. And I, it is like... I may have, you, I may have watched that for, for science. I may have seen pieces of it. <laughs> this is how you know it's bad. On IMDb, it has all the, like, warning stuff. Yeah. For nudity, it is bright red and says severe. <laughs> she apparently spends a good chunk of the movie buck-ass naked. <laughs> like, I, oh, my God, she was in a kid's movie three years before. I, I now remember this movie. Yep. She sure does. Of course you do. She sure does. The tagline in IMDb for The Pillow Book is, a woman with a body writing fetish seeks to co- find a combined lover and calligrapher. Mm-hmm. And fi- she finds that in Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, to be fair, that is rated 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb compared to the 4.7 that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 gets. <laughs> so, good for her, question mark? Yeah. Listen, she's... Mm-hmm. So most of her credits are Chinese uh, mm-hmm. properties, but she has 87 acting credits on IMDb. So here's the amazing thing. I thought she was American. Oh. When she talked, I didn't hear an accent coming out of her. I was really like, to the point where I was going to make a joke about like, oh, you got some person from Encino to be. Yeah. It's, but then I looked her up. I'm like, oh, she's she's from China. Okay. So she, she I don't know is, when she migrated here. Yeah, so she's five years older than me. She's born in uh, Shanghai in 1966. In 1990, 
she moves to Los Angeles. So Jesus, uh, what is that? Twenty four years later. So at twenty four, she turned. She moves to L.A. Yep. Okay. Good for her. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait. Uh, she's in the states even earlier than that. Um, she well, went to Hawaii Pacific University to study travel industry management, and then moved to Los Angeles in 1990. So it's some. So she'd been uh, in the West, so to speak. Uh, prop, my guess is her early 20s. Uh, and she was also in Empire of the Sun. So yeah, that was, yeah, what, which, 86. Uh, not that early. Um, I did see that pop up on her biography. That's a good movie, but it's uh, 87. Uh, it's, I mean, <laughs> not that early. A, it, a year later. A year later. Uh, it, it's good. It's dense. It's starring John Lone, who we saw in The Shadow mm-hmm. as Genghis Khan. Uh, and there's a shadow actor. And in there's this. a shadow actor in this. Yes. All right. Good. All right. So <laughs> please continue, sir. Okay. Um, however, the samurai is eventually captured and takes the youth, <laughs> revealed to be. The, a prince named Kenshin with them. All I could think when he pulled out his sword yep. was a movie that came out around the same time, Aladdin. He's got a sword! Hey, you idiots! We've all got swords! That's a good line. That's good. So, uh, after the... Again, kid- if someone, someone wants to take that scene and put that audio over it, I would love to share that out into the world. I feel like it's a lot of asks for a bad movie. But you know what? Might be better than watching the movie. But that's what makes it so good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. So we leave 1603, uh, and we're in mm-hmm. we're in today in the Turtles' lair. Did you recognize the song that opens up the modern era where the two Turtles show up? Oh, I don't even remember what it was. I've blocked most of this movie already. The iconic ZZ Top performing I Can't Stop Rocking. This opening sequence is funny. I laughed at the sequence. And to your point about the costumes, the place where the costumes work really well, right off the bat, in this opening sequence, they're doing kicks, flips, jumps. Their stunt versions are pretty good. Yeah, they're really, really it's good. It's mainly their hero ones that are shitty. Yeah, that's When fair. their mouths that's have fair. to move and they have to make and expressions, eyes, I'm like, yeah. I can see the servos. Yes. The ones in a budget, I don't even remember what the budget was for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but those... Looked fucking fantastic. Uh, I'm not no, don't look at that. Why would I, I go look it up? I don't give that. I, who I gives don't a fuck? That much. Yeah, and throughout the movie, when they're doing their stunt work and they're fighting, kudos to the stunt performers because they're really doing some impressive stuff. Considering they're in all this. Foam Is it rubber. Donnie who does the high mid kick? One two one two one two. Or was it? Mikey, one of the two right. of them, one one of the four turtles. Oh, I, I love that you think I watched it. But that one closely, of the, it was it was yes. interesting. So I'm like. That's a turtle that's going to do that? It felt like a Raph or Leo. It wasn't Raph or Leo. And I was like, those are the two I would expect to see you do up, down, up, down, up, down. Sure, that's fair. That, uh, well, it should be Mikey or Raph, right? Like those well, would be right, the two. Right, because uh, Mikey uses nunchucks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. Uh, so in the present, uh, two years after the events of the previous film, with the defeat of the Shredder and the Foot Clan, April O'Neil has been shopping at the flea market in preparation for her upcoming vacation. Hey, I went to the flea market, guys. Let me get you a bunch of useless crap. Thank you, April? 
Yeah. So let's talk about those. She brings gifts to her friends, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, in their underground lair to cheer them up. Michelangelo is given an old lamp, the lampshade of which he wears is an impression of Elvis Presley in Blue Hawaii. And if you don't know it, he thankfully says, My Elvis Presley in Blue Hawaii. So you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, it's... There's not a whole lot of subtle uh, subtext happening here. Donatello is given a broken radio to fix. Leonardo is given a book on swords. And Raphael is to receive a fedora, but having stormed off earlier, he's never formally given it. For Splinter, she brings an ancient Japanese scepter. You know, like the ancient Japanese scepters that you buy at flea markets? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of those. I saw three at the last flea market I went to. I mean, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes. And also, like, Leonardo gets a book. That will become important in a minute. Uh-huh. Michelangelo gets a lampshade for comedic reasons. Donatello gets a broken item. I should. To I fix. wanted him to be like. I mean, that, that, I feel like that's the best. I feel. I actually you? feel like that's the best gift of all of them. Something for him to tinker with. Yeah, he's that's a, fair. Yeah, he's, he's an a, inventor, but also like on the surface, like oh, this is broken. My friend yeah. would love this. Here's a piece of shit for you, Donatello. Get the fuck out of here. Tana got you all the original McFarlane action <laughs> figures, but of course they're, they're all, all broken. broken. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, perfect. They're authentic. Yes, <laughs> they're authentic. They haven't been messed with. Yeah. <laughs> back in the part of the movie that I like. Oh. Back in the past. <laughs> yes. Kenshin is being scolded by his father, no, Lord Nor- Norinaga. I tried. Yes. This is the other shadow actor. Totally a that guy actor. He is our first that guy Asian actor, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Sab Shimono. He is the bumbling professor whose disappearance sets the uh, you know the love interest on the the quest to find him. Uh, and when was the, the shadow? shadow? 90? 90, something like that? Uh, or was actually, it after I this? think mm, it might be right about the same year. 94. 94. Oh, shit. Good, good so, two years for... Yeah, good two years, yeah. Sab, <laughs> Mr. Sab Shimono. For disgracing their family name. But Kenshin argues that his father's desire for war is their true disgrace. Up until this moment, my literal note is, weirdly, the feudal Japan scenes are good, or is the turtle scenes just that bad? Uh, Again, through the lens of an eight-year-old, they're phenomenal. They're phenomenal. No, I I really like them until he then goes into, like, uh, leaves his father's presence to brood alone in the temple, and he just kind of, like, goes in there, he's like, He's, he's, ah, shit, that's a spoiler. I can't say it. I mean, I don't think you have to, I mean, you, that's a spoiler. I mean, come on. Oh, I'm, I'm, all right, all right, fair. So, I know, so you're right. He's, you're it's, right. it's almost like they went to him, like, hey, trash this room, but, um, you know, don't, don't actually trash it. All this stuff's really expensive. Yeah. We rented it. <laughs> that's right. Like, he goes over to move the statue. He's like, do, do I push this over? He is not yeah. Ted Neely <laughs> in the Jesus Christ Superstar movie. Get out! Get out! <laughs> Motherfucker destroyed all that shit in one take. They only had Did one really? take because Ted broke everything. This story comes from Ted Neely directly when he was here. Wow. And he was like, yeah, we only got one take out of it. I was like, God damn it, Ted. You're the best. At the opposite end of the weighty drama stories in The Office, the episode in which Kevin brings in his chili, mm-hmm. they had like... I don't know, three or five or seven layers of carpeting there. Yep. So that 
as he spilled it, they could just lift it up and take do another take. Yeah, they talked about that on Office Ladies. That because that oh, was what sure, everyone sure. asked. How did you do this? You, you throw that carpet away. <laughs> Come on. Oh, so Kenjin leaves his father's presence to brood alone in the temple. There, he finds the same scepter and reads the description. Open wide the gates of time. Which is never said again in the movie, so how the fuck does it work again? It's delightful that you're looking for some logic in here. There is none, I would say. So my next note, we'll get to it here, so uh, in a few moments. In the present, April's looking at the scepter, and it begins to light up with mysterious winds blowing around her. She is then sent back in time while Kenshin takes her place. Each wears what the other was wearing in their local space-time. Yeah. Upon arrival, April is accused of being a witch. (sighs) Why is she accused (laughs) of being a witch? They haven't found her... Misogyny? Oh, sorry. I mean, yes. I mean, I I want... I I mean, dear eight-year-olds that are watching this movie, don't Google why immediately the woman is found to be a witch. Uh, you're going to find a lot of adulterous and uh, people afraid of women coming into power, dickhead white that's men right, that's right. Uh, in that history. That's right. uh, it's true. If her Walkman had dropped out, which was also a great ad for Walkman because that thing was smashed to smithereens and was still making noise. That's not how Walkmans <laughs> work. But if that had fallen out and started playing and then they're like, she's a witch. She kept, you know, I don't know. It was just, oh, boy. So April's accused of being a witch, but Walker deduces she has no power and has April put in prison to suffer. (laughs) Back in the present, Kenshin is highly distressed upon seeing the turtles and calls them Kappa. Now, this is an interesting little bit. So I referenced Oni earlier, which are like uh, Japanese demons. Kappa are also a Japanese demon. They appear like humanoid turtles, and their skull is basically like a bowl at the top. It's depressed at the top. Okay. And they walk around with water in it, and you can defeat them by getting them to spill the water out of the the bowl shape in their head. I mean, some cool little authentic folklore there. And yeah. That, that makes perfect sense that he would say Kappa. I can't remember so. if it's here or when they see the the scrawl with their names on, or with, the, with the turtle pictures on. There's some point early around this point where if you it's about 5 minutes into the film you can hear the original TMNT music motif I was like hey I know no that No kidding Yeah <laughs> After learning from Kenshin of the situation the turtles decide to get back in, to go back in time to get April Now uh, I'm, so there's a moment here and then there's a moment later I'll reference I'll reference them both here So I'm going to say it this is some of the laziest writing I've ever seen <laughs> It's like a eureka moment where they not only realize what happened, but immediately surmise that they need to go back in time to get April. It'll get even worse when we layer in the trope that we just talked about in Blade of computers are magic boxes, Mm -hmm. where analyzing the scepter with the computer, air quotes, with the computer... Yep. Allows them to decode decode this time travel device that breaks the space-time continuum. What? What? And not Ugh. since Star Trek IV have, uh, has someone been... Hey, hey, hey. Has been down to time travel so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, listen, don't 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 speak badly of time of uh, Star Trek Four. But please. you know what I mean. Like Mikey's like, oh, time travel, let's go. I'm like, whoa, 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 hang yeah. on, hang on, Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. 
It's the most, it is the, the D and D players sit down at the table and the DM has already told them, Hey, this time, this adventure, we're going back in time. And they're all like, yeah, let's do it. That is the way it's presented that quickly. They accept it and they move on. Yeah. Oh, oh. all right. So sorry. However, space time continuum will be out of phase after 60 hours again. The computer told them so. Otherwise, the scepter's power will disappear due to the space-time continuum being out of sync. Again, Mm -hmm. more air quotes here. Hey, Todd, you know what I just realized? What did you realize? That they only have 60 hours to do it or other than... I don't remember this being said in the movie. I I, I don't know if I was writing a note. (laughs) No, they they do have... Oh, I'm sure they did. It just shows how little I was paying attention. Like, I'm reading this and like... Do you think yeah, I would have noticed that? They, they do because um, later, and maybe it's after Casey shows up, he says, Spoilers. if we don't come back in two and a half days, you know, we're toast or whatever. Now they bring in Casey Jones to watch over Kenshin in the lair. Three things here. Okay, please. One, uh, when I saw this in the theaters, I went to the bathroom right before. <laughs> you, you watched this in the theaters. To be fair, oh, how when oh, did this come yeah. out? 90, 93. It was 12. So 12. Okay, totally fair. Totally Maybe fair. 13, I'm depending 22. on when it came out. Yeah. So still, you know, again, a little weird that I'm going to this movie, but, you know. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. I, I withdraw my yeah. uh, The turtle craze of the 80s, 12 and 13-year-olds were still totally into this shit. Um, sure, sure. So I came back right when Casey Jones came on screen. And as I'm walking in, Leonardo went, Hey, Casey, welcome back. And I stopped dead in my tracks. I was like, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> and then Casey Jones showed, because he hadn't been introduced yet. So in my sure, mind, sure, sure. Leonardo was talking to me. <laughs> I was like, um, oh no, <laughs> did I accidentally take acid before coming to this movie? Yeah. And has it just kicked in? At 12. Yeah. Yeah. Why am I doing? Two. Oh, the wig. On Elias. Oh, oh my God, wig. it is rough. He is not the young man of the first Turtles movie. Yeah, he's aged pretty quick. I mean, the first yep. Turtles movie was three years earlier. Yeah, <laughs> it, was a t- it was a tough three years. Tough kids. three years for old Mr. Kodias. And yep. four, could you, did you notice when he was walking in, he was kind of tucking something in his back pocket? Almost look like a like a paycheck. Because <laughs> that's the only reason he is here. Good for him. I mean, hopefully he made more than the three thousand dollars that uh, Corey Feldman made, right? I mean, I bet you. I bet you he probably made twenty. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be. This is a forty million dollar movie. It's a forty million dollar movie. He's 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 making a million bucks for this. You think maybe yes. half? Maybe no. Listen, he's making he's making a million let, bucks. I would. I will point out again. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I take that back. Forty today, so twenty then. So maybe not five percent of the budget, but maybe half a million. I can see that. I bet you he 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 made a hundred thousand because mm. uh, Thor himself for the first Thor movie made two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh, I thought it was half a million. Nope. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the first one. Yikes! Which you, Which you know sounds laughable. like sounds like a lot of money if you break down like an hourly rate. But the yeah, but and by the time you get done divvying it up between your manager, your agent, 
your personal trainer to get you to look like that. Yeah. Taxes, right? Because mm-hmm. you're self-employed. Yeah. yeah. All that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So those are my three things there. Go okay, ahead. Got it. Uh, and they use the scepter to warp through time. Because, sure. When doing so, the turtles mm-hmm. are replaced by four of Norinaga's honor guards who are confused at their new surroundings. Did you catch one of the things that Raph said? Uh, not specifically. Listen. Oh. How dare you? <laughs> and also, hasn't Quantum Leap suffered enough with the atrocious oh, reboot? We haven't watched it yet, but don't bother. The, don't, well, Tom, that's what just I'm, watch the old one. Just watch the old one. It's so much better. That's what I'm. I've only watched the first two episodes, and after the second episode, I'm like, I don't care if he gets home. Oh, I, no. I hope he's stuck in time forever. Oh no, that's unfortunate. It's real bad. It's real bad. And especially since they keep talking about Sam Beckett and Scott Bakula has already come out and was like, yeah, I'm not in season one. Now, unless it's a misdirect mm-hmm. and at the end of season one, they they get him back and yeah. let him, you know, fix the, the horrible thing that NBC did to the original show. Um, I just don't care. <laughs> just don't care. Just like this movie. Uh, Casey, I'm just about to ask, is it possible that you're talking about something else because you don't want to talk about this movie? No, just wanted to bring up the, the Quantum Leap thing. And <laughs> I will now say... Because I'm okay. I'm okay if you want to do that. That's fine. I just, you want to talk about Quantum Leap? Well, listen. Fuck. Can we talk about Quantum Leap instead of this movie or in addition to So here's to the, the thing. As, as action-packed and as surface as the new Quantum Leap is, they're uh-huh. never going to get to an episode where Sam leaps into a woman who was raped. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that show took some serious turns. Yeah, that show yeah. was a drama who occasionally had action. That is one of the most memorable episodes of that show. Because for, I, I seem to remember, somehow they, they broke the rule of it's always Scott Bakula. When she gives her testimony, it becomes the woman. Again, Which... whether it's they go to a... And it's a mirror. She, in the mirror, yeah, yeah, she yeah. sees he would see her. So I think maybe that's what they did. But they yeah, let yeah. that actor, that female actor, have that moment, that's, which is the right thing to like do. That feels like a smart choice. To be fair, I haven't seen that episode, but just you describing it, I can't imagine visioning Scott Bakula there giving. It's that. a very easy episode to find because I believe it's, it is entitled "Rape." Oh. <laughs> You're just like, whoop, okay. okay, holy shit. <laughs> Kids, don't Google gonna, that. Gonna, don't Google kids, that. Kids, don't Google that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Back in time, the turtles yes. awake on horseback and make a poor show of riding their steeds. Yes, also, I want to point out the, uh, I'm sure they have a name, the mask that they put over their face is just simply there so we don't have to watch the horrible lip syncing of the turtles trying to match the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the only at one point they put it back on. I'm like, why are they? Oh right, oh, it makes right. it easier to uh, cover that. Mm. Almost like Kevin asking a Hulk to transform off off uh, off screen. Motherfucker. <laughs> the 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 crew has moved on to another project. That's right. That's right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> If you don't know what we're talking about, if you go over to the Never Heard of It podcast, yes. we have reviewed the entire season of She-Hulk over with them. Go have a listen. It was a wonderful time having going over there. And we dropped our first and last episodes of our collaboration with them in our own feed. So if you've just been blindly downloading uh, Super Hot Hero podcast shit, you've heard it. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> Which you all should. Just like, subscribe, and automatically yeah. download to the front. Yeah, I'll say this. We 
stumble on these bad movies unintentionally, I would suggest they're almost aiming for them with never heard of it. So kudos to those guys. Well, first of all, you're insulting your uh, your podcast host here since no, I personally I, curated their found footage. <laughs> I didn't say their no, found I know, footage I, movies. I, I know, I, I know, I'm kidding. Broadly speaking, that, listen, nothing but respect. We all suffered through Spaghetti Man. We that is a movie we will not speak of again, Casey. We've talked about it once, and that was one time too many. <laughs> well, uh, do you know what's also going to enter the list of uh, embargoed movies? This one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. So Mikey, who is carrying the scepter, uh, ends up riding off alone into the forest and gets ambushed by a mysterious woman. It's the same mysterious woman from before. Um, dun, dun, dun. And an unseen person takes the scepter. <gasps> the others go and search for April at... Why do I keep hearing this word? Norigana. Norinaga. What? Norinaga. 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 Norinaga's castle, where their identity as honor guards allows them to cover up cover in their search. Come on. At least get bigger actors to play the honor guards that end up there because you're going to look at those people and like, why are they so fat all of a sudden? Oh. Because they're turtles. Because they're turtles. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing. Listen, no um, body shaming here, Casey. <clears throat> Come on. I never was body shaming. I'm just simply <laughs> pointing out that they suddenly are much bigger. After following Niles. Oh, Niles. Now, listen, an actor's job is to take as, you know, take as many roles as you can, right? Like, no no shame on that. Nope. I don't know that I've that we've ever encountered such a jarring shift from a role that we're watching in the movie versus another role that the char- that the actor is arguably better known for in terms of like the difference between their these two. So the chief not- the chief of medicine of uh, yeah. ER, Doctor yeah. Anspov. Oh God, he was so good. The delightful John Award is a phenomenal actor and brings such. Gravitas as the chief of medicine of the hospital in the ER is like, I'm looking at him going, okay, I clearly know who this guy is, but I can't put my finger on it. And as I bring him up on IMDb, I'm like, oh my God, it's him. Oh my God. Yeah. You want to know what the fucked up thing? What? Two years later, ER premiered. What? This is pre ER? Oh my God. 95. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That it that yeah that one's crazy. All right, wow. So they're following Niles. Yep, one of Walker's thugs into the prison, and the turtles rescue April and also free another per- prisoner named Wit, locked up for trying to start a mutiny against Wal- Walker, who bears a striking resemblance to Casey Jones. Striking, striking resemblance, resemblance, or it's the exact fucking same, or it's the same actor. Yes, one hundred percent. Well, it'll, it's funny how that'll happen. I wonder which ones he shot first. I wonder if he shot all the uh, wit stuff first, then shaved and did all his Casey Jones stuff in a day. Like, I mean, the Casey Jones has got to be an act. It's got to be a wig, right? I mean, there's no way that's. Oh, it's one hundred percent a wig. Okay. Oh, it's Todd. No, it's the wor- It's like Spirit of Halloween clearance bin wig. It is so <laughs> okay. bad. Okay. All right. All right. God, it's just the worst. Yeah, yeah. Even Walker's fall that he has on is better it, than this shit. His, his mullet wig. Except when yeah. you get him directly behind, you're like, mm, I can see the real hair. I can see the fake mm-hmm. hair. But when it's like. Uh, Aubrey commented on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, But like when it's half like hanging off his shoulders or even sure. when he has it in the like loose ponytail, I'm like. It passes. It passes. But there's one shot where like he's walking down a hallway and you see the direct back and I'm like, don't ever 
Don't ever shoot him from that angle. It's so obvious. What are you doing? <laughs> okay. So, uh, but their sloppy escape ends uh, ends up leaving them alone in the wilderness without a clue where to go. And where specifically do they end up, Todd? In a in a pile of mud from the yes. To which Donatello says, "Mud wrestling is definitely a spectator sport." Oh yes. In a children's movie, we are making a joke about a sport that is purely for men to watch two half-naked women wrestle around. That's where we're at in this movie. But it's like the old adage, like, like somebody who sees you at a strip club can't give you shit because how did they see you at the strip club unless they were all... So to the eight-year-olds, yeah, I guess wrestling in mud is better if you're watching it instead of doing it. Yeah, so I think it goes right over their heads. Didn't even... That that one didn't bother me. Yeah. The, the Well, there's one coming up in a second oh. that really bothered me. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> okay, meanwhile, in the present, Kenshin is getting impatient and anticipates a fight from Casey. Casey instead introduces him and the honor guards to television hockey. <laughs> nice little callback. If you remember from the first movie, he played two years professionally, then injured himself, and that's why he doesn't play anymore. But that's why he uses a hockey stick more than anything else. I believe that is his origin in the comics, too. Mm. He's an ex-hockey player. I, own, I was telling Aubrey before we started recording, I own these physical comics. They're some of the few physical comics that I still own. Including mm-hmm. his first appearance. I don't think it's presented there. Maybe as the series went on, maybe they backfilled it. Maybe. I'll take a look and, uh, and see it. But Oh, it, yeah, because wasn't when, when he first was introduced, he was just like a mysterious man with a hockey mask? Yeah, with a hockey maybe mask. Maybe they knew his name. And he, yeah, and he had like a variety of implements. He's got a hockey mask. Yeah, just base, like in the first movie, yeah. Yeah, baseball bat. But a, a cricket bat. Club. Yeah, cricket bat, right? Cricket! Nobody understands cricket. You got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Uh, I do. I do miss um, Josh Pius. The Pius? small. Yes. Yeah. From yes, he. Who's yeah. yeah? He's in everything. He's a definite that guy he actor. Do, but he doesn't he, look like that voice. He's no, kind of he a doesn't. small guy. Yeah. Yeah. He played that. He played a, a swarmy, uh, like agent. In uh, Ray Donovan, which is you know a, a series. Oh yeah, full yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember characters. seeing him. Yeah, yeah. I may follow him on Instagram. No big. All right. Okay. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I missed that voice. That voice was so good. Yeah, it was good. Okay. Uh, so he introduced them to to television hockey, which manages to calm them down for the time being. What now, could possibly go wrong? Nothing. Nothing. I'm sure it'll be fine. Out in the woods, the turtles, April and Wit, are again attacked. This time by villagers mistaking them for Norinaga's forces. So they all get cleaned up. Yep. April cuts off her pant legs to make them shorts. Makes the bizarre yeah. comment that she's on vacation. A, yep. April, no, you are not. You are running for your life in feudal Japan. Again. B. Eight-year-olds will find that <laughs> hilarious. Yep. And then what do uh, Leonardo and Donatello do? They ogle her, which is not great for eight-year-old. Allegorama. Yeah, I'll say. Hey, I'm allowed. I'm on vacation. Absolutely. Swing. <laughs> they make a boner joke. Make Donatello boner even joke. does the fucking gesture of a boner like S- this. And I'm S- like, is this a children's movie? <sighs> Is this suddenly a Kevin Smith movie? No offense to Kevin Smith, but 
boner jokes are kind of more his speed. So Aubrey was watching this with me and also like doing some work for her business while she's sitting on the couch. Uh-huh. She was responding to someone on her phone when this happened. I rewound it 10 seconds, not for the swing, because after the swing, Paige Turco, the actress playing uh, April, gets the absolute worst direction. Do you remember that? She does a little laugh and like flips her hair. Did Flipped you? her non-existent Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse hair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, it's just the fucking worst. What about when Niles is hitting on her and she goes, Give us a kiss, Dublin, while you still got your lips. <laughs> is April 13? You're not the first one to do that to me. She's a grown woman. <laughs> oh, my. Combat, exploration, and roleplay. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest roleplaying game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters? Execute your own adventures? Design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. And we look forward to creating with you. But this fight with the villagers, this is, again, and I think this is the moment in the movie where I'm like, oh, I need to think like this is pitching towards eight-year-olds. And this fight mm-hmm. is done really well. And that description of swashbuckling. Was that a boner joke? Pitching? <laughs> no, no, not for eight-year-olds. No, it was not. <laughs> The, well, apparently the writers of this film had no problem the, with making boner jokes for eight-year-olds. That swashbuckling violence description is really good. Again, mm-hmm. there's weapons yep. that are visible, but no one's being hurt by them. It's lots of kicks that send people flying. And from this moment on in the movie... A lot of people end up in the river. Apparently, feudal Japanese did not know how to swim. It's the best way to, to defeat them. Doggy paddle to the shore and kick no, their ass some more. No, it, that's a that's an insta-kill. You put them in the water, they're done. Is that like ancient Japanese tradition? Uh, we're in the river. They won. Uh, it's, that's the rules. Sorry. <laughs> Aubrey did say a few times throughout this movie... I think that's racist. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, there's a super racist comment coming up pretty soon. (laughs) Oh, great. Okay. The attack stops when Mitsu, leader of the rebellion against Norinaga, unmasks Raphael and sees that he looks just like one of her prisoners. So Mm -hmm. I did not grab the timestamp in this movie because that's a lot of work and more than this movie (laughs) deserves. But I will say. Who cares? Go find this moment. It's on HBO Max. It's on Netflix. Find this moment. First, she unmasks him, and then to confirm that he really is not human, she lifts his helmet off. When she lifts yep. the helmet, it bends like the foam rubber that it is, and they just mm-hmm. leave it in. It's mm-hmm. I laughed out loud. Oh, yeah. You see, that's a, that's a laugh because it's so bad. There are mm-hmm. two moments in this movie. One that I actually laughed because of the line reading. The other one, I was like, that is actually a funny joke. Okay. Well, let's keep going and see if uh, we were in agreement. 
Now, the turtles realize that she is talking about Mikey and accompany Mitsu to her village. <sighs> yeah. When they arrive, the village is being burned down by Walker's men. This, again, on the heels of the fight with the villagers, I recognize there was some attempt. I don't think it's consistent. I, I do think it's uneven. But there's clear intent to like limit the scope of the violence here because Walker yeah. says to his men... Fire over the heads and burn this place to the ground! Right, there, there's no reason at this point in history they would have murdered the villagers... Right, to, to mm -hmm. take whatever this they want. This would wanted. have been the scourging of the Shire, 100%. Yeah, 100%. So there is a real intent here, I think, in places to to make it appropriate for a younger audience who is watching the cartoon on Saturday mornings, you know? Uh, as Turtles help the villagers save it, Mikey is let out by a pair of clueless soldiers and joins <laughs> in the fight. Walker is forced to retreat, but the fire continues to burn and has trapped a young boy named Yoshi, not the dinosaur, inside a house. Michelangelo saves Yoshi from the fire. This was one of the moments I laughed out loud. As Mikey exits the building, he saved Yoshi. He's carrying the kid out. He says, <laughs> which is a reference to Backdraft that came out two years earlier. You know, that movie that all every kid saw. I mean, I, what, what six-year-old didn't love Backdraft to now go to... This is an eight-year-old and go, oh, backdraft. You know, I think this is a precursor to what Pixar does masterfully in all of their movies where mm -hmm. we're making a movie for kids, but there's going to be jokes that the adults are going to laugh out, laugh at, and it's not going to be, it's not going to hurt the kids to be in there, but they're moments for the adults. This mm -hmm. was a moment for the adults. Yeah. Yes. And I laughed out loud. I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to go back. I, I apologize okay. that we have to go back. Uh, but Ugh. no uh, veto. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's the moment. It's one of the two moments I actually laughed um, mm. when Norgaga is say or Nor 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 not yeah. Naga. Norinaga? Yeah. Norinaga. Norinaga. Did you just say Nor? You said Noraga. Noraga. Lady Gaga. But Lady Gaga is uh, complaining about um, yes. Secret sleek like a stink from a dead pig. And Walker goes. You certainly can turn a phrase, my lord. I thought that was the best line reading of the entire movie. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty want, good. You know, it's like, well, that's a disgusting image in my head. Got it. Okay. I mean, Stuart Walker. Oh, wait. That can't be right. Hang on. Stuart Walker. Stuart Wilson. I'm sorry. Stuart Wilson, who plays Walker. It's uh, fantastic. It, you know. He's fantastic, and he's an accomplished British actor. There's a joke later in the movie about uh, someone says calls him some sort of Zorro-looking guy, and I'm like, Haha, just wait three years. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Hold on. <laughs> Not yet. Um, so as Mikey saves Yoshi from the fire, then Leonardo helps him recover by performing CPR. This earns the turtles the gratitude and respect of the villagers. Oh, my God. The CPR scene is so long. And it is so long because Leonardo keeps being like, Keep everyone back. All right, come on, you're stay back, everyone. Give me some room. Give them some room. Everybody get back. Nobody's fucking moving, Leonardo. Yeah, that's right. Just do the CPR. It's like there's a great running joke on uh, community where someone will be talking or they'll and they'll take a pause or in the middle of what they're saying or they haven't made their point and someone goes, Wait, let them finish. <laughs> it's the same thing. I'm like, Nobody's no. There is ample room around you, and also, why do you need so much room? 
You don't, you don't need for extra things for going one, two, reasons. three, four, five, breathe. I mean, come on. Or one, two, three, one, two, three, breathe. I don't know. I don't know CPR. First of all, it's chest compressions, chest compressions, chest compressions. Dr. Mike, have us on your podcast. It will be fun. Um, but everyone oh. knows, everyone knows that you perform the chest compressions to the song Staying Alive. So it's first, first I, I was, was afraid, afraid. I was, I was petrified. Yes. Staying alive. You were in the parking lot earlier. That's how I know you. Hey, so back in this uh, abysmal movie, uh, Walker continues bargaining with Lord, not going to say it, uh, over buying guns. The Lady Gaga. With Lady Gaga over buying yep. guns, the guns that'll go bra ha 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 la la. Nice, nicely done, sir. In exchange for That's gold. Nicely done. Thank you, thank you. Uh, in exchange for gold, the turtles spend some time in the village. Sure, because sure. we need to fill this to be a 90 minute movie. Oh, moving along. <sighs> yes, by the way, this movie is 90 minutes and it feels like three and a half hours. Yes, yes. It's Especially like, oh, it's like this Shogun, shit. the miniseries on TV. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Donatello decides to have a replica scepter made so they can get back home. Donatello, you're supposed to be the smart one of the group. That's not how it works. Uh, That's not how any of this works. It might as well. It might as fucking well. <laughs> Yeah. Sure. Well, we'll never know because uh, while Michelangelo teaches some people about pizza and later oh. tries to console Mitsu about Kenshin, Kenshin uh, whom she is in love with. So I missed the part where uh, Yoshi was Mitsu's younger brother. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, are Casey, saying, I'm going to. Are they saying it's younger brother because it's actually Kenshin and Mitsu's son? Because that's what I thought it was. Um, I'm going to propose a wild idea here. I'm going to suggest that you don't poke too hard at the logic of this movie. Because I would suggest that maybe this plot wouldn't stand up to a you know rigorous shaking of the branches. You know what I'm saying? This is true. Raphael gets in touch with his sensitive side. Who the fuck wrote this? Yeah. Like, Wikipedia. Or Raphael learns how to be uh, to control his own temper while helping Yoshi to control his own. Yep. Ta-da! I didn't make it kind of sexist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and also, does he teach him how to control his temper? Or does he just keep going, Yoshi, control your temper? Okay, Raphael, son. Well, All right, good, kid. Casey, there's no lessons. Casey, no... you know that nothing de-escalates the situation like saying, just calm down. And then the person is legally required to just calm down. So there, yeah, I don't problem understand. solved. Checkmate. I told you to calm down. Why are you stabbing me with this knife now? Exactly. Calm down. Bam. Magic words. There you go. Okay. Back in the present, the honor guards from the past quickly are, are quickly adjusting to the life in the 20th century. And Casey decides to challenge them to a hockey game. To Casey's dismay, uh, dismay is not the right word, but okay. The honor guards think hockey is about beating each other up, having watched the same on television. Casey literally says, yeah, I could work with this. He's not dismayed. Yeah. He's like, okay, we're going to fight. Yeah. Let's fight. Yeah. Also, further proving that Elias just shot all his stuff on his own. There's never a moment where you see them all together here. Like, you think he had... Maybe he was a two-day because of the bar scene, sure. but... <laughs> he was not on set very long as Casey Jones. Sure. He spent I bet you he spent more time on set as Whip 
than he did as Casey Jones. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Agree. I was so mad because I was such a Casey Jones fan. I'm like, all right, Casey Jones back. He's a fucking babysitter. Yeah, I mean, he's he's Steve Harrington. The the oh, first of, first of all, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> not as the not hero as good of Hawkins. At it? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's just fucking bullshit. Podcast over. Who my hair is kind of uh, mimicking tonight. Listen, Steve is clearly a fan of Kurt Russell, and I will not have you sully that good man's name. All right. Well, look, look at my look at look at this. What That's what's going good. on here? That's pretty this, good. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it's good. It's big. <laughs> That's what she said. Move it along, guys. But meanwhile, Kenshin and Splinter fear that the Ninja Turtles will not return home in time before their 60 hours are up. Sure, why not? In the past, the replica scepter is completed, but an argument between Michelangelo and Raphael ends up breaking it. To make matters worse, as if they could be worse, Mitsu informs him that Lord Norinaga, I'm sorry, that Lord that Lady Gaga has agreed mm-hmm. to purchase Walker's guns and will attack the village in the morning. However, when Raphael sneaks off to visit Yoshi, he is surprised to find the original scepter in the child's possession. Now, I this is another moment where I want to give credit where I feel like they were attempting to make a movie suitable for younger kids. I actually really like Raph telling Yoshi that in the morning he needs to take all of the kids up to the mountain yep. to hide. I, Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I, I like that moment. There's no reason to do that if you're not thinking, like, we don't want it to be too vivid for kids. So good to them. Good on them. And also just showing that, you know, in the end, Raph cares. Like, mm. the adults have sure, to sure. fight because they're adults. Kids... No kids. That's right. No kids. The turtles are overjoyed to see it, but are angry at Mitsu for hiding it and essentially forcing them to fight her war. This is fucking dark. Yeah, it's a little. I I went. This is little. This movie varies in tone. Yeah, yeah. This moment where they're they're confronting her, I'm like, holy shit! This is suddenly a very serious drama. Like. The way this is handled, and then of course the grandfather comes in, and it's like I'm going to be a racial racial stereotype and make the scene awkward. Now. Oh, there's a few. I imagine yeah. this is one of the moments Aubrey went. Is this racist? This is racist. Yeah, it's pretty much. Dear Aubrey, from the from the future, because that's how podcasts work. Uh, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> you know, I, I do feel like there's a like wild swings in the tone of the movie, and I wonder if, and this is pure speculation on our part. We have no way of knowing. Unless, um, uh, what's his name? Stuart, uh, Stuart Gillard. Unless Stuart Gillard wants to come on the podcast and set us straight, please, we'll take it. These moments where we get these weird swings, was that the studio saying, no, 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 you can't do that, or, oh, wait, 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 you gotta do this. It doesn't make any sense internally where you've got these, these, these wide variances in, I think, who the... Movies aiming at. I, I don't know. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I, go ahead, read the line because I, I right. just thought of something. Okay. So, cool. however, Mitsu's grandfather clarifies that it was his idea to have the turtles fight in her place. And this is where I wanted Andy Sandberg as Jake Peralta to walk on and go, cool motive, still wrong. I would watch that movie. More before I would watch this movie again. Still okay. one of my favorite. I can't. I, I can't. I wish I remember the episode that it happened in. But where like I think it's later in the confessed. series. Yeah. 
Yeah, where he confesses, someone confesses to a murder and gives like this whole love story. And he's like, cool motive, still murder. (laughs) I want to find that because we've got some movies coming up that uh, that's going to get dropped in at certain points in the movies. Okay. I'm looking directly at you. Move it along, guys. Suddenly, (gasps) wit betrays everybody. Who could have seen this coming? Literally everyone. Sorry. Captures Mitsu and takes the scepter with him. Yeah. Like he has a gun to her head. I was like, whoa, this is a kid's movie. Again, at least have it be a knife. At least have it be something less violent than a gun. I don't know. Maybe, maybe focus groups looked at that, that the gun was less violent than a knife. Maybe I'm, I've got it backwards in my, I don't think there's a difference. I would make the argument that there is a weapon no, is a weapon. Sure, a weapon sure, is sure. a weapon. Yeah, you are you are threatening a woman, and that is you know is equally horrifying with a gun or a knife. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. After rescuing her, they are cornered by Gaga and are made to fight waves of his soldiers. Yes. The turtles response by freeing the prisoners in the palace, starting an all-out war on the palace grounds. You know, every time you have something like this where you have waves of enemies, I almost feel like. Are you setting it up for a video game? Because that is a perfect video yep. game design, right? Like you beat the first wave, you have a second. Here comes the second wave, right? Like so. Yep. I mean, at this point, the turtles are a multimedia, you know, moneymaker, right? The hundred percent. The original Turtles arcade game is out at this point. Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time, I believe, is out at this point. That's the problem. Sure. Because there was the the first NES game. Then the second one was simply the arcade game put into the console. And the arcade game was a good game. I mean, I'll say it. It was a fucking frustrating game, but yes. Yeah. That the, and the, uh, the Batman 1989 video game still frustrates me to this day. I have it, and I every once in a while, I'm like, I think I can do this. No, fuck, I'm dead. Like, it's, <laughs> I can't even get past the first fucking level. It is I'm that sure hard. I've played that, but I, I can't remember it. I'm going to have to. Please continue. All right. After a while of fighting, Leo defeats Lady Gaga in a heated sword duel. This may be the coolest set piece in the movie. Yeah. When the two of them are fighting, I'm like, this is this is actually really good. This is well choreographed. It's good. For, like, it's obvious that uh, the actor playing Lady Gaga, I can't remember his name. Uh, Sab. Uh, yep has some sort of stage combat behind him. Either that or he worked his ass off for this movie. He's really good. It's really good. Unfortunately, as this says here, comedically finishing him by cutting his hair, then trapping him under inside a bell. Just have yeah. him cut his hair and yeah. then knock him out. Missy yeah. Miyagi that shit in I, in um Karate Kid 2. The Yeah. Or was that 3? That's uh that is Two, that's the beginning. Two, because that's of, how he takes out um, uh, Crease. Yeah. How he takes out Crease, and then that's how Daniel, how Daniel takes, takes out. out. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, not Anyways. Sato. That's his mentor. Yeah. Uh, the, the, He's a fucking character on, uh, on Cobra Kai, and I can't remember his name. One of my favorites, by the way. Yeah, he's okay. he's pretty great. Yeah, because he's always like, "We're here for a fight." No, we're not here for a yeah. fight. <laughs> he's an assassin. He's basically a karate assassin. The middle-aged uh, Japanese man. Yes. Yeah, he's the um the what's the word for a Japanese for a uh, Japanese warrior that 
Yeah, he's a Ronin. He's, he's a out to, to oh, die sure. in he's battle. Lost his ma- he's lost his master. Sure. <laughs> he's like, I must die in battle. I'm like, you don't have <laughs> no. to die in battle. That's right. Just take your retirement. It's totally fine. Yeah. So, yeah, if he had just cut his hair and then just give him a little bop to knock him out, I wouldn't hate it as much as the fucking bell landing on but him and then them, like knocking on it. That's the eight year old cartoon. Yeah, I you know. know. That's the Wiley Coyote Roadrunner. But him comedically yeah. cutting the hair would have made it the eight-year-old laugh. Again, I you know, I would not poke too hard at the plot of this. It's gonna collapse. And since it's not here in the description, is it cut so that when the cannon lands in it and explodes it and he pops up, we can get the racist line of Oh look, Don King. <laughs> Another moment where Aubrey's like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's racist. And I was like, No, I'm ha- pretty sure you're right. However, when they first meet up with Lady Gaga, I think it's Donatello who says it. Hey, Wayne Newton. I laughed. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> because the way he turned, I'm like, fuck, he does kind of look like he Wayne Newton. He does kind of look like Wayne Newton. That's fair. <laughs> it was that's very fair. funny to me. And it was it was the subdued, like, some of the, especially, like, no offense to Robbie Riss, he's not trying in this movie. Like, sure. you go back to the first movie and this one, Robbie's just, like, here for the paycheck. Or that's how it feels. But, sure. like... When he gives one of those kind of like Don King, he is just so big with it. And Donatello just, hey, look, it's Wayne Newton. <laughs> it's just very funny to me. Deciding to cut his losses, Walker takes the scepter and tries to escape on his boat from way up high. Okay. Yeah. I love the thing where he for, he forgets the bird and goes back for the bird. I'm like, what is this? Fucking I, Iron Man 2? I want my bird. I want my bird. I want my bird. You want a bird? I'll get you a whole flock. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> when uh, when cornered by the turtles uh, at the dock, Walker throws the scepter into the air as a distraction. The turtles catch the scepter, while Wit, who is reformed after Walker <laughs> went back on his deal, well, is he reformed because of that or because Walker tried to straight up murder him? Uh, and is he reformed or just uh, no longer on Walker's side? I feel like reform is a strong word. Also, like Walker takes it from zero to 60. Wit's like, are we sure we need to do this? I'm going to point a gun at you and threaten yeah. your life. Whoa, what? hang on. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, so so uh, he launches a fireball from a catapult at Walker and knocks him down the dock to his death. Once again, Casey Jones kills the villain. That's right. Casey Jones or a character who looks very much like him. Brutally kills mm-hmm. the villain. Agree. Though when he falls down the uh, into the sea, I'm like, oh, this is very uh, RoboCop. Uh, yeah. Ronnie Cox falling out yeah. of the window. Right. Now the turtles are now ready to return to their own time, but Mikey says he would rather stay with Mitsu. Raphael decides he wants to stay as well because he feels like the turtles are appreciated in Japan, unlike back home. The other turtles in April try to convince them otherwise until Kenshin activates the scepter and makes the decision harder. After a long debate, which included Mitsu telling Mikey to keep his promise about Kenshin returning to the past, Michelangelo reluctantly agrees to go home with his brothers, but just barely misses grabbing the scepter in time. The honor guards switch back with the turtles, all except for Michelangelo. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, the last remaining honor guard, Benki, Activates the scepter and swaps places with Mikey just before the scepter burns out. With some bizarre stage lighting. When Mikey yeah. comes down yes. there, it's like... It's a, it's a whole different thing. Yep, agree. But then when they're all together, it switches. And then when um, Kenshin goes to find Mitsu, 
mm-hmm. and they, he dips her and kisses her, it does the same stage lighting. I'm like, oh, Jesus, was there a sale on this light? And they wanted to get their money's We're worth? We're getting our money's worth. Fuck yeah. All right. In the past, uh, Lady Gaga admits surrender to Mitsu and Kenshin, who hand him the sep- the hand the scepter to him, and the two lovers share a tender reunion under some weird lighting. <laughs> Meanwhile, Michelangelo is depressed over the thought of growing up, but Splinter cheers him up by performing the lampshade Elvis impression, uh-huh. and the rest of the turtles join in in one final dance number because. Reasons. Sure. And movie. movie. Oh. Todd, we did it. We made oh, it through. Fuck. Nobody died. Um I I'm I'm very serious, TSPHC Army. If you bring up TH Turtles 3 to me, I will walk away. Yeah. I will uh, walk same. the fuck away. Same. But before we can truly be done with this movie. Oh, my what dear more? podcast partner in what crime. What more could be asked by us? Uh, us? We've got some questions. All right, fine. So, Todd, who? Who was your favorite character? Casey, yeah, I'm... So, while I will acknowledge that I think there is clear evidence that the movie was trying to frame itself appropriately for its audience of eight-year-olds, I don't care. I have no favorite character I don't give a shit. How about you? Oh, it's walk. It's Walker. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Just, I like. It, it, I like *Lethal Weapon* three. So, sure, I'll go with that. I like yeah. *Mask of Zorro*. Yeah, I like *Mask of Zorro*. He's good. He's at also. Playing the bat. He's also in. Uh, there's another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm good uh, with that. He's in. Is it? Is it Armageddon? Yeah, I could see him. He's like a general, and someone asks him a question. He's like, "Excuse me," and then. So, oh, uh, he's in The Rock. That's uh, what it is. The Rock. Fucking The Rock, the rock is so good. Uh, yes. Could we watch that instead of this? Oh, wait. We've already watched this. Uh, all right. Sorry. But we Please can watch continue. The Rock. I'll watch The Rock. He's in, he's in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> he's Dr. Hatcher. Yeah. Yes, he is. Oh, my God. Love You're that right. Because yeah. he's British. I always forget he's British because his American's so good. His American is really good. Like, um, I'm watching this. I'm like, oh, that's a really good British accent. I look at him. I'm like, oh, fuck, he's British. He's, <laughs> he's, he's got a really good American accent. Okay. Got it. Casey, what is the best scene in the movie? Uh, it's the feudal Japan stuff at the beginning. The first two and a half scenes okay. up until... Uh, Kenshin leaving and going and having his faux temper tantrum in the in there loved it. I, okay. I want I want that movie. I wanted that movie to continue. Minus, um, minus the turtles. Minus the turtles. So for me, it's the beginning, but it's the op- It's the other end. It's the modern day, and it is specifically that I can't stop rocking opening with ZZ Top music <laughs> as the turtles are moving because, like. Everything I need to see about the turtles, I get in those first few minutes. I don't need to That's watch true. the rest. They're That's doing fair. some impressive moves. I'm good. Yeah. So, uh, Todd, Whoa, we talked fuck. about the best scene. What, yeah. what would be the, the scene you would cut? Uh, pick listen, a racist moment. <laughs> yeah, well, pick a racist moment. This movie is just so long. This could have been an hour-long TV episode. And when I say hour, I mean... An hour on TV, so like 42 40 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah, 42 uh, minutes. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's a long fucking movie. And I'm like, come <sighs> on. Uh, Trim so out some know. of the village stuff, maybe? 
Yeah. Listen, that's I don't where know the where movie you do really. I, that's yeah, where that's I was fine. really having trouble staying awake. Mm-hmm. Sure, get rid of that. Yeah, that too. Sure. Uh, and then finally, Casey, our last question: Who is the actor having the most fun? Is it Ilias Katayas or is it? Uh, Stuart Wilson. It's Stuart Wilson, right? It's like he, Wilson. It's, I don't I, mean as Casey Jones. I mean as wit. Like he's like, look, I can act. I can. I can do more than just be like his mm, the tough guy. His British accent is pretty shaky bad. at best. Yeah, it's shaky. Stuart, it's Stuart Wilson. He he doesn't actually twirl his mustache, but he's not he's not far from it, right? Yeah. So yes, yeah, the thing over on the uh, where no mom has gone before podcast, we're always talking about how they're trying to one up Khan. They're always trying to make a villain better than Khan. <laughs> And okay. honestly, Walker better than the fucking Shredder. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. sure. I'll go so, with that. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Well done. Um, so once again, Casey, the, the IMDb score for this movie was a 4.7 out of 10. How do you rate it? Uh, two. I mean, as an adult, yeah, two is probably fine. If you're a kid, you're not looking for you know film as a medium for storytelling. Um, I don't know. Four point seven. I don't know. It's fine where it's at. I'm never watching this again unless I'm oh, yeah. forced to. Who gives to, a shit? So, at, in yeah. in like forty five seconds, we're never going to mention the words "teenage mutant ninja turtles" and three in the same sentence. Okay, I'm good with that. All right, good. I was, thought you were jinxing us. All right, um, no. and then Dad's breakdown for the movie. No, think, don't watch I, this with anyone. Don't watch this don't, with your kids. Yeah. Don't don't even inflict this on like. Your mortal enemy. This movie yeah. should not be watched by anyone. Agree. I mean, I think despite some, you know, evidence of moments where they, I think they were trying to make it appropriate for their for an audience of younger kids. I don't think that's consistent. I do think there's yeah. plenty of other things that you could say. Well, that's not good for an eight year old. So, yeah, I don't watch this movie. There's so many better movies to watch. Yeah, so many better movies. Casey, speaking of better movies. Could you please, for the love of God, pull a better movie for us to watch next on this podcast? Well, first we need to hear one of our wives say... And now it's time to pull the next movie from Thor's helmet. All right, here we go. All right, I feel like that's permission to pull a good movie. I was a little scared. <laughs> so I'll say this now before you reveal this. If, if you pulled a good movie then I'm going to put your wife's voice in because it's important that your wife is happy with you. If you pulled a shitty movie, I'm going to put my wife's voice in because it doesn't really matter if my... So what did Aubrey just tell us to uh, pull here? Oh, no. What are we watching? What are we watching? Well, What's we're continuing box? with a series we just started. We're watching Blade 2. <gasps> are you serious? Come on. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. People are gonna call bullshit. No, it says right. blade. Well, it says it says blade. Do you uh, want me to pull again? No, I mean it's no. You pulled it, and it's in the helmet. How, oh my god, we've never. Oh, okay. This this may be the closest from one to two. This may be the closest. I, I think moving it from series be. to series. Yeah. Aside so, from like the MCU, I know there's 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 a couple MCUs where there's like a movie in between, and then we pulled another one. Well. All right, let's uh, let's watch the trailer for the 2002 Blade 2. There's a world beyond the one we know, where the powers of darkness fear nothing but one man. 
represent the ruling body of the Vampire Nation. They're offering you a truce. They want to meet with you. You sure about this? They'll take us in deeper than we've ever been. Now, those he has sworn to kill need his help to fight a new breed of terror. They're no longer top of the food chain. Our forces are ready to fight, but we need a leader. Let me get this right. You want me to hunt them for you? by Guillermo del Toro. Now, fair that here's, you a, here's that a good out. thing. We're getting the Blade movies out of the way because I don't yeah. like these movies. So I do like Guillermo del Toro. Uh, he did not write it. He only directed it. David Goyer returns as the writer. So, Oh, um, okay. All right. And um, do you want to make a guess at the IMDb rating for this movie? I'm going to say the people who really like Guillermo del Toro are really uh, amping it up. See <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Madness of the Multiverse. I'm going to say the this Multiverse of the Madness. <laughs> madness in the Multiverse, whatever yeah, the fuck it is. Sure. Uh, like an eight, eight and a half. Uh, 6.7. Whoa. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. Now, Casey. As we do, we mm. are not shy to share our opinions about these movies. But sometimes people will have thoughts or reactions to our opinions. If people wanted to track us down, where can they find us? Oh, you know, you can find me over at uh, Twitter, not Ryan Casey. Instagram, not dot Ryan Casey. Um, how about you, Todd? Yeah, find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok with the handle at TMP in SYR. And of course, the podcast itself has a Twitter, TSPHC tweets, Instagram, Superpod HeroCast. And if you feel like ranting at us, the <laughs> easiest way to do that would be on our Gmail, which is superpodherocast at gmail.com because only Cap writes letters. Tony. Cap and Carnage. <laughs> Music for the podcast. Comes to us from two places. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com. So that'll do it for the Superpod HeroCast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've been your moderator, Danny Ryan. Be heroic. heroic. Cricket, you gotta know what a crumpet is to play cricket. That's a good call. Deep cut there, deep cut. All right. That's one of my favorite lines from the first movie. Uh.